Welcome to the Successful Farming Podcast. I'm David Ekstrom. On today's episode, Successful Farming Editor Chelsea Dingerman has a conversation with Kevin Bradley, who is the State Extension Weed Scientist and Plant Sciences Professor at the University of Missouri. Kevin highlights some of the new approaches to weed management from electrification to weed seed destruction. Before we get into the podcast, we'd like to thank our sponsor, FMC, the Inferro Leader. Visit your FMC retailer or inferro.ag.fmc.com to learn more. The greatest herbicide of all time earned its title by defending your soybean fields. Authority Supreme Herbicide's low-use rate formula delivers longer-lasting control of broadleaf weeds and grasses, providing you with the best-in-class combination of Group 14 PPO herbicide sulfentrazone and Class 15 molecule pyroxysulfone that outlast the competition. We're Authority Supreme Herbicide from FMC, and we play to win. Learn more at authoritysupreme.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all later directions. And now, back to the podcast. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Um, I guess we'll just start off. Can I have you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so my name is Kevin Bradley. I'm the State Extension Weed Scientist and a professor here in the Division of Plant Sciences at the University of Missouri. And uh, I guess what I do is mostly weed management and corn, soybean, and uh uh, trying to help farmers as much as I can. And so we're here talking a little bit about ways to diversify weed control and different ways to approach that. What has led to weed control being so difficult for farmers? Uh, resistance. Um, you know, all the farmers listening will recognize that resistance is nothing new, but uh, it also has not gotten any better or we really haven't gotten um I don't think anybody can use the word like uh, solved. <laughs> we, we have not solved this issue. Uh, and so it's really kind of unique. It's one of the things uh, in everyday life that is um, worse. And uh, and so it's just something we got to deal with. So um, it nece necessitates a lot of um, diverse thinking and not just continuing to do what we keep on doing. And so before we jump into some of those ways to diversify weed control, can we talk a little bit about why it's important to kind of think outside the box and come up with different ways to approach it? Well, I think anybody, you know, if, if uh, an alien landed on this planet and evaluated the weed uh, resistance issue or just our weed management, never never uh, had any experience or knows, knows what gone on for the past 60, 70 years, they would you know, anybody would look at that and, and say, this doesn't make any sense. We keep on trying to make a herbicide solve a herbicide resistant weed problem. It's just, it's just not very rational, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I think Einstein said it's the definition of insanity. Just keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result. But that's basically what we have been doing. It's, it's mostly because we've been spoiled by herbicides and they keep bailing us out. Um, a lot of people call it this herbicide treadmill. Um, but anybody that looks at it from a 10,000 foot view would say, you know, this is not going to keep on working and be sustainable for much longer into the future. And so I guess we'll start with harvest weed seed control. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is and how it works? Yeah, so it's a term that's getting thrown around a lot and it's kind of started uh, with uh, 
the Australians, uh, and some weed scientists and some farmers over there, um, basically dealing with the same issues that we are dealing with, just with different weeds and different crops. Uh, you know, their biggest problem is ryegrass and wheat and that they couldn't control it with any herbicides. It's multiple resistance, one of the worst resistant weeds in the world. And so, you know, like I said, the uh, a farmer, Mr. Harrington, and the weed scientists at universities there uh, started thinking outside the box and thinking, what can we do? And one of the things they came up with is, well, you know, if the seed doesn't go back into the soil when I'm running my combine, um, that's a partial victory or maybe even more than partial victory. Um, and so that out of that was born these uh, seed destruction devices that are um, now integrated into combines. At the time, they were not. They were machines that were impact mills that were pulled behind combines. It's much more laborious and, and tedious and more to deal with. And uh, But over the past 15 years or so, uh, the smart people and engineers have figured out how to put them directly into combines. And now there's three or four different companies that are selling them. Uh, they've really taken off in other countries, not so much in the U.S. yet. And so what would it take for that to kind of be implemented here in the U.S.? Like what's stopping that? Well, I think, you know, um, research has occurred and is occurring and farmers are starting to see the results of that. Um, there's numerous weed scientists now that have these units, uh, which that wasn't the case just a year or two ago. Um, and, you know, buy in by the farmer that it's going to be worthwhile for them. And, you know, I think part of that is going to be based on the research results, you know, and from what we've done, we have seen that if you can get the seed into these impact mills and direct it into the devices, um, they are very effective at um, grinding up the weed seed and, and what is deposited back onto the soil isn't uh, viable anymore. But it's just going to take uh, some more work and across the U.S. and companies to buy in. I think we're starting to see Case IH and John Deere show interests and, um, you know, perhaps even offer it as a, as an option on combines in the future. So uh, I think that's what it's going to take, but, you know, I'm hearing that ready cop is one company and there there's farmers that have some ready cop devices. Uh, Seed Terminator is a company we work with. And there's farmers, although few, but there's farmers in the U.S. that have these devices. So, you know, I think it's going to probably be something that spreads from there as farmers, uh, you know, farmers are interested in what other farmers are doing and what they have. And as they see it, there might be more questions and more buy-in and all of that. And I think something, another piece of equipment that has kind of cropped up at field days I've been to that's a little bit gaining popularity are weed zappers that are electrocuting weeds in the fields. Can you talk a little bit about those and how they work? 
anything's on the table and electrocution is is an example of that we're we're evaluating it have been um, electrocution is not new it was evaluated in the 60s and 70s but it wasn't to the level i don't think they had the um, machinery to the level that it is now and just not anywhere close to as much uh, voltage and all of that that is that is happening but um again it's all the interest is all due to resistant weeds um it has been more accepted and uh researched and evaluated in organic and specialty crop markets our position and what we've been evaluating is basically in conventional uh soybean systems for larger growers and you know i don't know when we're going to get there but our results are showing that um it is a viable option that if there were uh, escapes out there in your soybean field in the late summer and you wanted to uh prevent seed production we could kill those escapes um and so just from that standpoint alone i think you know it's a valuable option that we need to explore further and see how we can get it into uh perhaps get it into more of the conventional agriculture folks hands and see where this is going to go but we're learning something every year with this you know something new that's helping us uh, learn how to kill weeds better with the electrocution so um, I think it I think it might be something in the future and so for a farmer that can't necessarily go out and buy expensive new equipment that hasn't exactly been proven yet what should they be considering right now? to help control weeds on their farms? Yeah, so if you're not to that point where you wanna look at either one of those or, or have them available, uh, certainly, I certainly totally understand it, but there's plenty of integrated tactics that can be done now. Uh, integrating cover crops is fairly simple and cheap and available to anybody who's willing to try. And again, I'm not saying that's, a hundred percent or silver bullet because it's not but it's certainly something that could help with certain res certain resistant weeds mostly uh horseweed or mare's tail is probably one of the best uh as far as weeds that are, are probably going to be controlled the best by cover crops but not just that i mean you know all the old things we used to talk about like crop rotation row spacing and um certainly continuing with uh your mode of action rotation and uh, mixing effective modes of action. All those things are going to be important, but I think the key message that we're trying to get across to everyone is it's just not one thing and you can't keep on relying on that one thing or it's what, it's what's got us into the situation we're in and it's just not, it's just not sustainable. So if you can't buy all this equipment, I totally get it. It's a, it's an investment up front. Um, we just put it out there for you to think about and maybe some people offer it as services in the future, but you certainly can uh, get away from practices that are going to lead to more resistant weeds. And, uh, and so that's just a management thing. And uh, uh, we'd certainly encourage you to do so. And is there anything else you think farmers need to know about weeds or some of these weed control innovations that are hitting the market? Well, like I said, I think, it takes, I, I get the, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 
25 years and uh, the most valuable ideas and advice and how to make things work usually come from farmers. Uh, I, I'm, I've learned and I didn't do this when I was younger, but uh, I've learned since I'm older now to just come flat out in meetings and ask farmers if they have any thoughts on how to make this work better or, or, or if they have any thoughts on what could we do. And so, like I said earlier, everything's on the table. There is no bad idea. Um, and farmers come up with good ideas. So, um, it, you know, it, it might take several years to get, get something to be a, a workable, viable solution, but that's just part of it. That's part of research and everything else. So um, uh, we, we solicit your, your thoughts and ideas, and um, we're going to have to, to, to go down this road. It's not going to be all about herbicides. This podcast was brought to you by Inferro Leader FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or inferro.ag.fmc.com to learn more. You can read more about the importance of weed control in Successful Farming Magazine and agriculture.com.